Another Realm Media, exploring the unknown, where mystery meets reality. Are you fascinated by the unexplained? Do you love delving into the mysteries of the paranormal or how we respond to media that pushes us to the limit of our understanding? Do you love to dive headfirst into the exploration of the human psyche with meditations or channeled messages from beyond? Join our podcast network, Another Realm Media, and explore the unknown with us. From ghosts to aliens, cryptids to conspiracy theories, horror to sci-fi, we've got it all. Don't miss out on the excitement. Join us today and unlock the secrets of the universe. Email us at contact at anotherrealmmedia.com. to another fantastic episode of Astral Stew. Is that better this time? Is that better? With the hype? It was something. I'm going to sit here and still judge you, but go ahead. I feel like we should do a Ghostbusters. Like, I'd be like, J-Dog, Stefan, Petar, Egon. You done make me clutch my tourmaline. Oh, Santosh. Hey, Leia. It takes three. We thought two was enough. <laughs> no, uh, but I, speaking of being childish, I got the very first. I, I call. I'm going to call it an appetizer before the stew. Okay. Yes. Appetizer topic like, before the stew. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. what? Like poppers? Like cheese on cicadas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cicada poppers. Ooh, cicada poppers. <laughs> with a with a sigh. With, I think with, I might have done that one night in the sex dungeon. With a, <laughs> with a cheese board with sides of Brad Pitt. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. Um. So I've been reading uh, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland because I realized I don't think I ever actually read the book when I was a kid and I couldn't remember. So I was like, I'm just gonna go ahead and read it. So I've been reading it, and of course I love it. And uh, but the opening thing made me wonder: Was Lewis Carroll talking about Hollow Earth? Did Alice fall down that huge hole and go to Hollow Earth? Because she said she kept going for miles and miles and miles <laughs> before she landed, and she of course had to say that it was four thousand miles to the core of the Earth. And uh, so I was just curious what you guys thought. And had you ever heard anything that was Lewis Carroll ever interested in Hollow Earth theory? So my exposure to Alice in Wonderland is the Disney cartoon, and that's about it. So you never read them? I never did, no. Uh, I mean, even, it doesn't matter. Well, did you see the Shelley Duvall one? (laughs) Regardless. I saw the Robert Duvall one. Regardless what. Um. (laughs) You know it happens in the Disney movie. She falls down the hole chasing the rabbit, which that's where the term rabbit hole comes from. It, right. it totally is like the way that um this um that mushroom that used to appear mm-hmm. the the Amanita muscaria and how that's tied to the Santa Claus legend. Yeah, like yeah, Alice. And so how much? I mean, she goes under there. On your There's side. a whole civilization that has been there a long time. 
<laughs> there are different things that happen. There are warring factions, much like the Darrow and the Tarot. Advanced um, technologies that advanced can technology. minimize you and is, maximize it, you. And again, my, my experience being with the Disney cartoon, but my assumption is that the Disney cartoon is somewhat reflective of how the books describe things. And so in the Disney cartoon, you know, there's giant mushrooms and things like that. And, and that is also carries through another times where hollow earth is discussed where everything seems to be blown out of report you look at you know jules verne journey to the center of the earth mm -hmm. which i've not read either um but they talk about about you know how things are just really blown out of proportion and size and and uh, gigantic insects and things like that almost like um you know it, it kind of what if it's thing. what if it's the formula for the hyper sigil of of hollow earth and that the Mad Tea Party is a metaphor for getting yourself through the "Am I Crazy" phase. Mm -hmm. hmm, I don't know. I like I like this theory. There's this. I mean, to be built within on. five seconds of reading this bitch, I was like, "This is hollow words." So, do you want to hear one everything. weird? I don't know if this is as cool as I feel it is, but synchronicity. Um, the writers group that I run. We did a group art project for COVID-19 to like the, the library put out an ask to, for submissions yeah. and blackout poetry submissions and everything. And guess what the fuck was mine? Like the, the text that I chose, the part where Alice is falling down the hole. Ha! Did That's you not? Weird. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Fun synchronicity. I just, I'm Maybe just telling just you, there's so much, me. like the more and more I'm reading about Wonderland itself, like I'm like... This is hollow earth. I mean, she goes in there, all the, there's sky all of a sudden, but mm -hmm. the gravity works different in places and like, it's just crazy, man. Like, I don't know. Just, well, and then also paralleling our ascension on the earth and everything, she had to learn how to deal with, wouldn't you say that the, all the characters are multidimensional beings? Oh God, yes. Especially the way they act. And you know, when, you know, obviously the caterpillar has so many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, many things are, and, I, and I, I, I assume it, you know the Cheshire Cat and all that kind of stuff still makes an appearance eventually. It makes me think about the whole when she's in the room and she has to eat something to grow. Um, you know, is that is that again metaphor for you know you need to consume some this reality, if you will, in order to grow beyond your crude understanding of things. Mm -hmm. or that it takes adjustment of perspective to engage yeah, wonderland yeah. either on, on the bigger or the, yeah. the littler yeah. level and i don't know how much of uh through the looking glass is in the movie or whatever but i mean i i feel like that's a different world is that correct santosh is the looking glass world a different world because um, everything's kind of in reverse right yes and no because gosh that's got all the the chess pieces and all of that yeah. analogy going on. My experience on with that is the Mickey are, Mouse cartoon where he goes through the yeah, same, same here, same here. <laughs> and he has the, the you know the dance fight scene with the with the glove. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, it also makes me think uh, if you look at the story, uh, what metaphorical uh, representation is the Jab Jabberwocky? Is that man? Is that man or is that is that Darrow? 
maybe the Jabberwocky is the combination of all humans. I mean, he does go snickersnack. That's what I was about to say. Snickety-snack. Um... I mean, people I heard once snacks, a great theory so. on what he was actually writing when he was writing about that, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I had to memorize that whole poem when I was in fifth grade. We yeah. all did. It was cool. I was like, what a cool thing for us to have to memorize. Maybe that's why I'm okay with gibberish. Right. <laughs> well, and then yeah. did, speaking of Bandersnatch, did you watch that Choose Your Own Adventure on Netflix that they put out like a couple of years yes, ago? Yes, really good. The Black Mirror one. <laughs> so their meditation stuff, and sorry, unpaid. Uh, like, I was like, they, they're not paying us to say this. Um, the meditation series on Netflix has an interactive bit with it now. And I really, I enjoyed that. Tried it out last night where it sort of personalizes the experience. You just as you scroll through it, I'm like, hey, I love that meditation is mainstream now. You know? Yeah. Yes, I do too. Well, and I, I've even um, I've heard some, and I'll just say Christian because I don't know specifically what denomination, but I've heard some some Christian people, even on like like TikTok and Twitter and other places, talking about how you can grow in your faith. And one of the things they recommend is meditation. So it's it's one of those things where it's not really so much a. Uh, I think a lot of oh, people. Yeah, are, I mean Thomas Merton pushed that a long time ago for Christians to mm-hmm. use meditation within Christianity for sure. But it, it never. It, it, I think it got it was popular for a while, especially in the seventies, sixties, seventies. That Jesus freak movement, and I think meditation tying in with that was a big thing. But then it kind of went away. But it's yeah, even that's starting to come back. So. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, we, this was true when we were talking with our friend, the theologian, about that he should meditate. Is a lot of people think that it's a replacement for prayer in, in that space, and so yeah. that's where I think it, it gets a lot of bad rap. Is that you know it think, does because you're supposed to be humble, and they consider it prayer to yourself. Like, yeah. and I'm like, that's not what it is, but okay. So, yeah, um, I'll definitely have to read Alice in Wonderland now with the lens of uh, Hollow Earth. and see. Yeah, that's as soon as I read the rabbit hole, dude, I was like, that's how it's all being read right now. And my mind is just being blown. So <laughs> Since I'm all pop culture I also felt the need to um, start the Matrix trilogy over again. Ooh, you know, when you're just idea. like, I need to. Not need a bad idea. I just that. saw a uh, license plate that said Neo the One today. Mm. So very synchronicity. I mean, isn't isn't that redundant? Neo the one. I mean, no, Neo's. People new. still say ATM machine. They, they do say <laughs> ATM machine. Like it ain't nobody's <laughs> business. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna talk about redundancies. <laughs> My dad said that one time because he's like, everybody just call. I'm not anybody's dad or brother or whatever. I'm just the eight. Giant ATM machine. And I said, yeah, you have to be giant if there's two machines. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> so, can we move on to the... Uh, Away from our two-machine conversation? Mine I don't was know. just an appetizer. <laughs> yeah. I told you, so. Can we that's move on to our, to our heaping bowl of stew at this point? Yeah, oh. let's move on to the stew. I'm loving all of this. Both of you keep being as you are. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so one of the things that I floated with you all a couple 
weeks back after we had recorded the last session, Stu, uh, I wanted to circle back around with is um, talking about like magic, not, you know, so there's, there's stage magic and then there's ritual magic. And then, but like one of the things that I really struggle with is some of the magic that I even hate to use the word tricks, but some of the magic that like David Blaine does. It, and I'm just blown away, like, how can that be an illusion? Like, I watched, I watched this video of, of him with Harrison Ford where there's a freaking car. Oh, yeah. I mean, how is that an illusion? That's a, I will say, though, that's a that's a classic illusion. I don't know how it's done because that asshole hasn't ruined it for everybody yet, the, uh, <laughs> the guy that ruins magic tricks, um, which my dad hates him and I do too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those are illusions. That, and that's that's the difference. If I could just sum it up in two seconds, that's the difference. There's spell work but, and illusion. <laughs> but is that an illusion? Is that an illusion? Yeah, well – if what he's doing is stage magic, then yes, it's an illusion. If not, then uh, what he's doing is energy manipulation, in my, in my opinion. Well, what I'm saying is, is can't there be real – and a, the word real is throwing me off here. but, but Real magic in the magician community? Yeah, can, can what he's doing still be real magic? Although it's stage. If, if he's using real magic, then yes. Isn't the science of today the magic of yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. And the magic of today is the science of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it, it all, yes. I mean, you're asking an open-ended question and you're going to get an open-ended answer. I know. Yes, anything's possible. Yes, absolutely. He could be doing that. I mean, look at, that's why people for like, a long time didn't trust witches didn't trust mages didn't trust uh wizard anything in that regards because much like you couldn't trust an actor either like it was kind of that same idea was that magicians are able to manipulate and love potion i mean all these things these yeah. kind of nefarious <laughs> things so they couldn't be trusted right so well and about? also the patriarchy fucking with things along the way to sure. do things like you oh, know sure. The women brewers, ah, evil witches. Yeah, the- <laughs> you know, and I and I've heard people talk about you know how the Salem witch trials and a lot of that stuff back in the day was not so much about witchcraft, but more so about women's rights. Oh, especially in Salem, yeah, one hundred percent. They they may, I mean, it. There may have been uh, a couple traditional witches or two that carried over some of that tradition with them. It's possible. I don't ever want to say it's not possible. But more than likely, the type of community that they were in, they were all goody-goody little Puritans. <laughs> and the men or other women didn't like women doing things. Uh, or even the random guy, you know, it's very ra- rare for a guy, especially in Salem. But, you know, yeah, it was mostly like, here's a guy that raped a fucking woman and she was going to tell everybody. He then said she was a witch. Right? Uh, yeah. You know, so... But well, also, you know, now England were, and Europe—that's uh, a different yeah. story. Salem, I'm not a hundred percent on. Well, you know, they were they were reading. It's they always were, a political, you moment. know, learning math and fiscal things. I mean, just. <laughs> but yes, I mean, whether it was about the patriarchy or not during the burning times, it was also about uh, <laughs> squelching cultural tradition because the church was still trying to very much dominate. And they did things, of course, like reappropriating um, uh, 
pagan gods and turning them into saints. St. Bridget is always the first one that pops into my head. Um, you know, she was a goddess before that as a way to trick them into going to their church yeah. by saying, oh, no, look, it's the same people. And that's essentially where saints came from. Um, and Well, yeah. that and people wouldn't quit worshiping in the old ways. So a lot of right. them were done like holidays crafted to um, create social order. Right. I mean, look at how many order. Christian holidays are still very rooted in pagan traditions like Christmas, Easter, things like that. You know, like those are all things that are filled mostly with pagan traditions. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I say Easter, most of the people are thinking the Easter bunny, not Jeebus on a cross. Also, this is a hemisphere um, concept as well, because the, the terminology you're using is, is more of that. Uh, northern hemisphere kind of thing right Very because so. we have all of the holidays to take us through the dark season where i didn't find many of those holidays in australia or new zealand yeah because yeah their seasons are flipped so yeah. i always wondered uh, about that in some of the anglo areas so, like australia and stuff how they kind of go back to the magic for a minute um so we never left it we never, we never left it so you know there's i think there's some different spellings of the word magic <laughs> to help people, magic. maybe to help people understand. Not really. really? No. You can thank Alistair Crowley. He wanted something Crowley. different. Crowley, sorry. You can thank Alistair Crowley. He added the K on the end of magic to make it look different. I mean, to make it bougie. To make it all. bougie. Yes, 100%. And that is the only history of the K there at the end of the word magic. Um, a lot of us have chose to use it over the years a lot of wiccans use it and things now but then there's a lot that don't um because also stage magic too it feels weird to write hey let's do some magic work tonight and it looks like magic like a stage magician um and so i do know personally as a as a wiccan that i like having the k at the end because it helps me differentiate in my mind makes me put more importance on it so but is it do you just do you just replace the C with the K, or do you no, add a K after the C? CK. Okay. Like yeah, Calvin Klein. Gotcha. Yeah. Now there is like the, some of the old English. It's spelled M A G I K. Um, some of the root in old English, but yeah, no. Crowley added the K to make it because he was always trying to do it. I'm surprised he didn't make it the Great B six 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 like. Just, written about an L295. <laughs> just because. But yeah, that was completely Crowley that created that. So, but I like, like I said, I like it as, as it helps me differentiate between the two, but it's not necessary. So I wanted to understand, and we, we've talked about it a little bit, and I have a very rudimentary understanding of um, uh, ritual magic. So. In, in the case of um, stage magic, someone does, uh, or, again, I need to say the word, in some cases it's a trick, in other cases I'm not sure, but we'll say trick for the purposes of discussion. Someone does illusion. an illusion, and there are instantaneous results, right? They say, I'm going to go do this, and then they do it, and then they, they have their reveal, and then you have the results. But and in ritual magic, that's not the case, right? I mean, there's not a... The prestige does not come on cue. No. Uh, in fact, most ritual magic, which really, 
adding ritual implies that it can only be done in ritual. Again, another Crowley thing. Um, but just basically spell work is the way I look at it. Spell work is not something quick. It, it is so, shit. Sometimes God, I'm still be. waiting on spells to work that I did 10 years ago because the universe, the universe will do what it wants in its own time. True, I mean, unless right? you're, unless somehow you are so connected to the universe that you can speak its language and know exactly how to say the words precisely <laughs> that the universe can't take it the wrong way. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that the universe will, it will do it in their own time because that is all, that sounds a lot like uh, prayer and God answering prayer. So people always say, God answers prayers on his time, right? And it's a lot, it's very similar in that aspect. Divine timing is a concept in both camps. Yeah. Yep. And I, I mean, it's all to me, God is just energy, he is just the universe. I use the, I say the universe, but I just mean all of us are made up of energy. We're all interconnected yeah. to it. And, you know, that's just that. Yeah. I mean, it's I use the word. It's all about intent. Yeah, I use the word as merely a placeholder for a half an hour to an hour and a half worth of conversation whenever I say the word God. Like, yeah. no, probably but, don't but, mean you're God. <laughs> but you're probably saying God, little g. No? No. no. Okay. I mean, the Christians and the Jews don't own capital G. Yeah. G. Well, yeah, I mean... I, I, I mean, we, we got into an argument with Theologian the other day because he was talking about how uh, you can't use the Lord's name in vain because he said that the, the kids aren't allowed to say, oh, my God. And yeah. uh, I thought that that was asinine. Um, and I thought, how is that taking the Lord's name as vain, especially when his name's Yahweh or Jehovah? Well, exactly. The Tetragrammaton, like, <laughs> and which is you're not supposed to know how to say it. That's what yeah. those letters represent. I'm so like, how, can if you you take, actually... how can you take something in vain when it's unknown and unpronounceable? Well, and then I said, theologian, have you ever actually looked up the definition of the word vain and what it means? And he said, no. And so I sent him the definition. And he's like, well, I'm going to have to have to think on that. And never got back to me. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not that. That's not what it means. It basically means to say you are God, that you are like God. So saying, God damn it isn't taking the Lord's name in vain. It's saying, hey, God, will you damn this thing? Like, right? Like, right. that's not taking the Lord's name in vain. If I were to say, I am Jehovah, right? Or I am Tova, just kidding. Um, I, <laughs> you know, saying, I guess, like that and pretending to be God or thinking yeah. you're God. Yes, then then you're kind of that's getting closer, closer to my to definition, it. speaking on behalf of God. <laughs> oh, if, let me... I'm going to throw this around here. So if if um, if God is energy and we are energy, uh, are, are we, we not? God? Yes, we are. I am you. You are me. We are God. Yep. I mean, you've always heard that even the Christians will say God is in everything, even in that stop sign. So if God is also that stop sign, then aren't we then also God? Our body so, is a temple. If our body is a temple, that means it's holy. So if I say... I am stop sign. Am I taking the gut? Am I taking cast? According to the theologian. No, not if you say I am stop sign. But if you said to me, if you said stop sign wants you to stop masturbating, then yes, I think you're taking God's hand. <laughs> also, that needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> what stop sign wants you to stop <laughs> masturbating with a big stop sign on it. 
Put so, that in. Uh, <laughs> since we're talking about it, I did bring Let's it up. That um, the definitions of vain are having or showing an excessively high opinion of one's appearance or worth. Number two is producing no result, useless. Uh, and the other one is having no meaning or likelihood of fulfillment. And so none of those are, hey, don't say this word in this way. Yeah. Like, don't say this word in this language. I mean, if anything, then. if anything, the, <laughs> the first one is more in line with like what you said, right? It's you're basically giving yourself a higher worth, although one could argue you're not. But uh, if yeah, you, but that threatens the status quo. And of course, the church would right. want to control that. Yeah, right. I mean, it, you know, and it, it goes on, you know, yeah, having excessive pride. Um, now I'm looking in the Merriam-Webster, marked by futility or ineffectualness, having no real value, also uh, foolish. Um, so, hmm. and it was, it, and it didn't yeah. take on the irreverent or blasphemous manner until like during the King James period. Hmm. <laughs> he totally broke the timeline. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be with my boyfriend. Yeah. No one can. That's his reason. Straight up, it's a story. Mm -hmm. Speaking of timeline stuff, have you all seen? And I know you both are on TikTok quite a bit. There's some guy on TikTok claiming to be a time traveler from like 2582. There's a couple of things that are, that are supposed to come true, like in the next couple of years. The best and, is that uh, he's always putting things that he's already prophesied, but there's no videos of him prophesying them. So I right. I, I, I called it. This was pre-TikTok, but I called this one. Well, and he put something out there like uh, May something of this year. There was supposed to be this humongous event that was going to change humanity forever. I went back and looked at the actual day that, that he said, and, and nothing really happened. Like, nothing really happened on that well, day. Well, here's, so. here's my question. If you were to develop a time travel technique right now, and you were able to go back to 1985 or whatever, pick a year, would you let people know? And say you got stuck there, because usually these guys are stuck here, okay? Yeah. So would you let them know? Would you say, hey, I'm a time traveler, um, so it's 1985, so maybe you're on some list server, some uh, chain mail campaign. I don't know how it would have Time travel paradoxes, though. Do we yeah. have enough time to get into this topic? <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing that well, always so, weirds I mean, me out about the, the time travelers that let everyone know that they're time travelers, right? Because that's already – I feel like that's already so, – rules. I feel like – well, and I'm going to say – so, like, right off the bat, the first thing that comes to my head, and this is something we talk about quite a bit, is this guy less, uh, you know, there's uh, a possibility for this guy less because he's making money off TikTok and YouTube followers. No. Less for what? What do you it's like? That, what what Josh is talking about, like, the fact that people get haunted and they uh, get the right, they sell the rights to a movie. People say they're not credible anymore because they were just doing it for money. Um, but like you know, if you go, if you take a time traveler who goes back to 1985, and he posts on some message boards or whatever, or takes an ad out in the newspaper or whatever, that's maybe a little different because 
you know, if 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 fifteen people read his message board, he well, doesn't. Well, I mean, earn the same. Well, he, he could but say send in- a, send send me five dollars a month for my club. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah, right. But it's also that the time travel, like you have to pick which of the theories, like accompanying theories come with it, because if you come, there's the theory that that you are then absorbed by the timeline. So in effect, you being there was always supposed to happen. So anything yeah. you do was well, was what needed to happen. And you needed to be the one thinking you were making these choices at that time for it to play I, out. And the timeline heals itself. Also, then there's the fractal I'm, theories of it breaking off into yeah. parallel ones based off of minimal choice and quantum. Yeah, Loki, Loki. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Loki. yeah. John Teeter. Uh, Ooh, I've got my theory. So, well, I was going to say, so, so Teeter's, Teeter's another one that I'll, that I'll bring up briefly because uh, Teeter talks about how when they go back in time, Teeter they can only go back to, to timelines that are close in uh relationship not relationship similarity similarity thank you they're close in similarity to his own timeline mm. uh, but even then they can only stay in that timeline for so long before it starts to diverge from his timeline and then if he if he stays there too long he can't get back to his timeline so and even he even talks about how he has to go back to like the 60s before he can then go back to his spot in his timeline because those lines were closer together uh, for those two timelines. So, I mean, it's that's uh, what I meant by the fractal tree, where you imagine yeah, all these glowing right. filaments and hopping from one to the other represents you hopping timelines and, and realities. Right. Well, here here's an interesting concept. So, I just watched this old 1961 uh, sci-fi movie called Travel Beyond the Time Barrier. Travel to the time. I can't remember what it is, but essentially. They had already broken the sound barrier, uh, and you know, of course, they wanted to tr- they wanted to break the the light the light speed barrier, but they couldn't do that. So someone had discovered the speed of time, and he was able to break the time barrier. Um, and I was like, hmm, because sound we know has a speed, light has a speed. Does time? Well, now I know a lot of people will say light is the speed of time. So it's really interesting that you mentioned that because I was watching a video from Dr. Stephen Greer the other day, and he was talking about how the speed of light is not the fastest thing, the speed of thought is. Mm. And that a lot of these uh, crafts and stuff don't fly from one place to another. It's a very linear way of thinking about it. They just think themselves mm. to where they want to be. Sure. Yeah, just like he said, that's a lot of yoga concept. There's yeah. some astral concept there. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I've never thought light was the most fastest thing. It, it, there's there's, there's well, always they, a bigger fish. I'm, there was there was an article uh, maybe a week or two ago uh, where science science has actually proven in a lab that you can things can go faster than the speed of light. They've actually got that, mm-hmm. uh, some. Quantum entanglement itself is faster than the speed of light, isn't it? I believe so. So, yeah. But yeah, so is there there a speed of time? That's the question. I mean, there's a speed force, and Flash goes back in time. Time dilates and gravity affects it. Yeah. He he did go from, so it was 1961, but I think the film was set in 74, and he, once he broke the, the time barrier in outer space, by the way, once he did that, he ended up in 2024. 
Mm. I mean, when you think about it, outer space is the perfect place to break the time barrier mm. because then you're not uh, restricted by your surroundings. If you break the time barrier physically on Earth, then wherever you are in time could be different. Like you could materialize inside of a rock wall. But if you do it in space, likely not much has changed. Well, right? this is one of Stefan's nuggets. I, I know the one you're going to do. The Earth moves throughout yes! the cosmos, right? I'll give it back to you. But I, I, I was going to give you props. Like, yes, that, that was one I was going to bring it up too because that's one of my biggest fears of time travel is that we are physically on an Earth that turns and also moves, and so. I and moves like, through the galaxy. And moves ways. through the galaxy. So I feel like you have to, when you time travel, you have to do it in su such a way that it has to, like, you can only time travel in a way it's going to land in the exact same spot. You're in yeah. the reality where it takes supercomputing to mm -hmm. account for all of the well, you know, those variables. Mm -hmm. Because if, if I were, so if I were right now to time travel uh, a day into the future, Right. Uh, Wait, you do have that power. You'll be there tomorrow. Shut up. <laughs> Instantaneously, and I'm there. Well, the Earth will have moved a day forward. Will I just be sitting in outer space? Mm. Will I move with the Earth if I time? No, travel? you'll be floating with all the other dead bodies of time travelers who didn't figure it out. <laughs> Except yet. for Superman, who just spins around the Earth and puts it all back. Or you could go out in your. Uh your bird of prey warp around the sun and go back and get some whales. Let's, or go to uh, the Mafia Chicago, go to the Old West. Yeah, There's a lot you can do when you go around the sun. Yep. So now that uh, now that we've melted our brains and uh, probably melted our, our viewers' brains, um, I think it's a pretty good time to uh, lay my head down, let my brain drip out of my ears so I can Push it back in. Well, you just have to wear your hat backwards. It'll just spill. Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just like this. And <laughs> what was that reaction to his hat against his head? What just... It's a nice hat, and it's going to be all goopy now. <laughs> Why's it got to be goop? Why does it have to be goop? <laughs> Now my brain's melting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I can hear uh, the ocean. This has been, oh, your brain, if it drips out, it's astral stew. No, mm, maybe. Room temperature, is it a ceviche where it doesn't have to be heated up? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Like, oh, I always imagined our stew to be thick and dense, like, dense What's and that? hot. And hot. Warm. What's that? What's that stuff? It's like it looks like salsa, but you serve at room temperature. Is that what you're talking about? Guacamole. <laughs> uh, gazpacho. Salsa. No, it's not. It's not salsa. Gazpacho. What's yeah. it called? Wait a minute. Chris is telling me. Gazpacho. Yes. Who is this Gus? And his spacho. <laughs> Who is this Gus? I don't know. Probably the same thing Pocahontas is. I don't know where the harness is, but I got to poke it. You have to. You ain't getting trouble. Buddy. All right. Now, on that note, we're done. Yay. Peace.
Well, hopefully, hopefully uh, next month we'll be talking about disclosure. That's my hope. So <gasps> I oh, hope yeah. so too. I will put out good energy towards that. Next, wish. yes. Next month we'll be talking about how disclosure came and went <laughs> and left us all That'd feeling nice. a little dirty. <laughs> yeah, because so, it's supposed yeah. to drop here in about five or six days from when we recorded this. So. I mean, technically it, was, uh, technically it was six months from the day the bill was signed, which was like December 27th. So we have until June 27th for them to, to put it out there. But the government's never on time. Well, so. and the 27th is a Sunday, so I think they've said 25th is, is the date. So. Yeah. I saw Who said? I thought. Who them, said? Them. Them, and them. I saw the, them say it too. The people, I, I said 25. The, the people who want to see the report, but the government hasn't said, yeah, we'll have it by the 25th. Well, they already have the um, classified version, right? Like, w we get the non-classified version in a couple of days. Yeah. Yay. And, unless the Black Vault gets a hold of it sooner. Which would be awesome. <laughs> Still all the thunder of their big reveal. <laughs> well, New York Times already tried to do it. Did they? So, yeah, yeah, they put right. out that article saying there ain't crap in there. Yep. Yeah, saying that they that they've got a they've got a source in there that says that there's nothing that nothing. it's there's no aliens that it's just crafts of uh, that they don't know what they are. And I'm like, well, yeah. So nothing's changed. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. We but, but it, went but, away for six months. and We talked about. A report where we're going to look at all the unidentified things. We're going to come back and tell Congress they're still unidentified. Right, right. That's what all this kafal is about. Mm -hmm. okay. I, I have high hopes, like of that it, that there will be some cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what comes out. I I still think it's going to be like basically. It is the opening of the door for the government to officially say, hey, we got these cool craft that are now a part of Space Force, and we're going to go do all this stuff that we've already been secretly doing since the 50s. Yeah, space, but, I think Space Force is the, linch, is the linchpin, is that the, now that we're militarizing outer space, mm -hmm. the money will flow that way. Yeah, didn't somebody so because say the, that, that the military's already patented Tic Tac? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's, there's there's patents for uh, the triangle craft too that I, that like people came across. You can go to the so the, if you ever really want to get lost in a rabbit hole, loop this all back around to Alice in Wonderland. Um, go to Google Patents and patent, just yeah, the look stuff office. up. There is just the craziest things that the government has patented over the years. Like um, they, there's a patent out there for. Uh, faster than light drives. There's a patent out there for a time travel machine. There's just all kinds of stuff that the government has patented over the years. So, yeah. but anyways, until next time. Until <laughs> next time. Tune in next time. Same through State Channel. <laughs>